Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Jonathan Strickland. I am your host, and how the tech are you? I have a very special episode today. It is rare that I get to do interviews. It's uh, more rare that I get to talk to C-suite individuals in my interviews. But today, I get to do that because I have Sudan Shahani from Surf Air on my show. Welcome to Tech Stuff. Thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you because I remember hearing about Surf Air almost a decade ago now while I was just following up on tech. And back in those days, the the business plan and the approach and the company mission statement was a little bit different than what you are pursuing now. So I, I hope we can kind of talk about sort of the history of the company, what the original vision was and how that has evolved over time, because I'm really excited about where you're headed. Yeah, absolutely. So the short version of this is, you know, the early days of Surfair, the business model, it started to serve business travelers. Mm -hmm. And it started to serve business travelers with a subscription, all you can fly type product for really the frequent flyer that was going on routes like LA to San Francisco and Santa Barbara to San Francisco and wanted to go 
from a small airport to a small airport and get, call it, two hours of their life back on a day trip. So don't spend a lot of time in the big airport. Get there five minutes before. Get on a small plane. Hang with other members of like a like-minded travelers club. And people were doing it three or four times a month. And we were giving consumers back time. It was a great experience. It was one of the few times I think people actually enjoyed their their air, their flying experience. Or we kind of tried to bring that back, if you will. And along the way, we kind of realized that, you know, while that was great to serve a particular audience that was paying a small premium to kind of domestic business class, to get an experience that felt more like a private flying experience, mm-hmm. that was still a pretty limited, I mean, we could do that on routes like LA San Francisco and a number of other kind of high traffic, you know, commercial hubs on each end, business city pairs, whether these business travelers. But we realized that if actually there's 5,000 airports in the country, and if we could create something that took away the barriers, like if we could make a similar experience affordable to a much broader audience, that would be great. That would be the big the big idea. Like, how can we make this affordable and how can we make it greener? Because we looked at the two barriers to entry that people had. They were either like, mm, that's still a little bit expensive for me. I don't fly enough to justify it. Or like, do I really want to seem like I'm flying on a private plane? Like, that doesn't really go well with my carbon footprint. And the reality is we're now entering an era where we're moving towards kind of the world and is moving towards green aviation. That's sort of the way we look at it. And regional travel, at least over the next decade or two, we think is about to be reimagined because all of the innovation in this space is coming around small planes flying short routes. And that's where our specialty is. That's what we do. And if we could, very simply, if you can make smaller planes electric, a lot more people can afford them. Yeah. And and you've covered a lot of ground, which is only fair for a company that flies everywhere. But uh, I want to dive into a couple of those things. One of them is, you know, we're starting to hear about this concept of, of, you know, regional air mobility, this this, uh, ability to travel to relatively short distances, far enough where driving would still take several hours, but short enough so that smaller aircraft can make that in a single leg as opposed to multiple hops. And this approach to trying to make that more accessible and also reduce carbon footprint makes a ton of sense to me. It also comes in line with some other business plans we've been hearing from uh, with other startups that are looking at even shorter distances, right? Like we're looking at companies that are starting up in the space where they're using kind of the the quadcopter sort of approach to take mm-hmm. passengers from a centralized location to the airport. To me, like this is the next step out from that. Like we're yep. not talking about coast to coast travel, but if I here in Atlanta, if I need to get to Western Tennessee, well, taking booking a big commercial aircraft seat for that can seem like it's a bit overkill, but it's still too far to make it a convenient drive to get out there in a day, do some business, come back, or even just on a short weekend trip if it's like a recreational thing. So I get where the appeal is, and I'm really excited to learn more about this. At what point in the phase of Surf Air were you starting to look at this as being the next step of of kind of migrating toward this approach of how can we enable regional mobility when we have all these different airports that are underused or sometimes they're just going dormant for a while because they're just they're catering to like local pilots and that's it? When did you start really kind of ideating on this? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And, and actually, you, you covered a lot of ground there, too. I think that in our case, unlike 
a lot of other people in the space, in the aviation or the airline space. In the early days of Surfair, we were one of the few companies that was actually building a brand and a consumer service around flying smaller airplanes. Mm-hmm. The industry as a whole, when they think about, when they thought about the new technology happening, so a couple of different trends were coming together here. To your point, regional air mobility is now something a lot of people are talking about. You'll see NASA reports and McKinsey reports and kind of it's sort of becoming a thing that that's where a lot of the innovation in aviation is going to be for the next decade or two. And it's sort of it also is slightly in contrast to a line is being drawn between urban air mobility and regional air mobility. So when you talk about the quadcopters and eVTOLs and things like that going really short distances, that's really that's being classified or will be, you know as urban air mobility, call mm-hmm. it zero to fifty miles. And then you look at regional air mobility, fifty to five hundred miles. Uh, the the benefits of regional air mobility and why people believe that will develop first, I would say, is that we have, particularly in this country, all of the infrastructure. To another point you made, there are actually five thousand airports that exist in this country that can be used by charter operators. In real contrast, major commercial airlines who have morphed over the last couple of decades really more into a hub and spoke model with larger planes and less serving less places and less point to point. You know, 80% of airline traffic goes through 30 airports and they may flex up to two or 300 for the other 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were already flying from airports like that. Like I'm sitting here talking to you today from our headquarters at Hawthorne, California. Uh, Hawthorne Airport is a smaller, smaller airport. You know, California alone has 300 airports. There's probably 12 airports within an hour drive of here. And because we were already flying smaller aircraft and flying from airports like that, when when different companies were coming up with solutions, electrification, new technology, new vehicles, we, we would really get to see a lot of that first. We were fortunate to see a lot of that as it was happening. So to directly answer your question, when do we start thinking about this? We've been following the trend of kind of where the, where the space is going, given that we are, in fact, today, we are the largest commuter airline in the U.S., and the commuter air category is really the category that, if you, that would be defined as the business model that would enable regional air mobility. It's flying small planes frequently like an airline. So we're we're the biggest brand in that space, and hence we saw a lot of things first, whereas large airlines would really look at small electric airplanes as a science project on their way to big ones. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a real commercial use case there. So we were kind of in a really unique position to be able to – we think we're in a unique position to be able to lead the charge here. Well, and and with that established infrastructure there, it sets it apart from other potential solutions that would require – massive investment in building out infrastructure. I'm thinking of things like all the various uh, uh, sort of blue sky rail initiatives that have been pushed around. And I love the concept of rail initiatives, but if you're being realistic and you're thinking about the amount of time and money that's going to be required for that to happen, and you are really realistic and you start talking about the political buy-in that has to happen for that to work. And then we, we recognize that every few years we change our political leaders. And so consistency is difficult. Having that infrastructure there is so valuable. I, I think it's impossible to overstate how valuable it is that these airports already exist. So that problem has been solved. Now it's the question of, can you have the capacity to meet demand? Can you find the price point that works for the customer? And can you have that be a business plan that ultimately results in profitability? I think that's exactly right. I mean, look, we say that to really build out the regional air mobility landscape and, you know, you need a couple of like, there's a couple of key things you need for success. You actually need a brand and a platform that consumers trust 
and that operators are you know able to fly for. So what we're trying to do here, we're not we don't just want to con- continue to build a huge single airline in the space. We actually have a platform and a brand today where we have a number of third party operators that fly for us. We want to deploy electric airplanes across all of them, not just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the first wave of electrification, which will significantly reduce cost as well, we're actually electrifying an airplane called the Cessna Caravan. Um, we are we're working with Cessna to manufacture and have uh, to, to do so, but we we're going to own the IP around it. But it's a we're built we're creating both a fully electric and a hybrid electric powertrain for the Cessna Caravan. And what's really important about the hybrid, particularly, is to the point you were making about all the existing infrastructure. The hybrid Cessna Caravan will work, think like the early days of the Prius. The combustion motor charges the battery. Mm-hmm. So you actually don't need charging stations to be set up at all of these airports. You don't need any infrastructure upgrades across all of these airports to be able to use it. So we, we live in a country today where all of these airports exist. A number of airplanes exist which can be converted over to more efficient and modern powertrains, hybrid electric, fully electric, et cetera, based on the mission. Uh, hybrid electric can actually save 25% of the operating cost, which makes it which is a huge number in, in aviation world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fully electric can save up to 50% of the cost, but will initially be focused on much on shorter routes, 100 miles and less. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more about surf air mobility. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I really wanted to talk to you, Sudan, about the uh, the electrification process because that's, to me, one of the really exciting things about this. I mean, one, opening up accessibility to more people so that they're able to take advantage of this kind of travel. Uh, I'm really excited about that as well especially in, in lieu of, uh, of, of methods of getting from place to place when you're talking in that like 50 to 500 mile range. Uh, but can you kind of talk me through this, this uh, electrification process? Are you, are you both looking into retrofitting existing aircraft with new electric powertrain systems or hybrid powertrain systems? Uh, are you also looking at maybe partnering with companies that would uh, be building purpose-built electric planes. What's your approach? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question, and um, and actually, it, it's funny here here at, at our at our business. I, I try to have everyone use the word upgrading rather than retrofitting. Okay, but, um, note taken. So we think the first thing that you can do to make the biggest impact is actually take an existing airframe where there is wide distribution of it already, mm-hmm. and upgrade that to being a hybrid or a fully electric powertrain. Uh, if you think about just the life cycle of an airplane, people keep airplanes or airplanes stay in service 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. However, there's a moment, depending on the utilization of the operator, call it every three to five years, where they have to do a full overhaul of the combustion engine. And that's a moment where they could replace it with an electric engine, which is a way to get faster adoption across a much larger category. So we're starting with, you know, the first thing we're doing is an electric and a hybrid powertrain for the Cessna Caravan. Cessna Caravan is a great airplane. It's been around for a long time. There's over 3,000 of them out there. Uh, we are actually uh, the largest passenger operator, we believe, of, of the Caravan in the U.S. And the these powertrains will be both marketed to existing owners, that existing fleet out there, where when it comes time for an engine overhaul, the goal is to have them be able to upgrade to a hybrid or an electric powertrain for a similar price as it would cost them to overhaul their combustion engine and instantly start seeing the cost and the emissions benefits. Uh, additionally, Cessna will be selling uh, new versions of the airplane with, the, with basically with an electric version and a hybrid version for, uh, for new buyers. And there's a pretty broad range of potential customers for the caravan. It's passenger operators like us. It's cargo, it's military, et cetera. There's a number of use cases. Um, so that's the first the electrification project we're doing. Uh, we will, we do intend in the future to work with other airplane types uh, with with kind of our proprietary technology, of mm-hmm. course. And we also intend to work with. There's a lot of amazing and ambitious projects of people who are building clean sheet design airframes, lighter airframes, and so on that are purpose built for electric engines. And a lot of them are building their own electric engines in those cases. Um, and we intend to work with companies like that too to plug into our platform. Um, as I mentioned, you know we have a, a brand and a platform which we have our own fleet, and we've got a number of other operators that fly within the platform. And we would like to provide people with the best aircraft for the best use case. So if there's a great new clean sheet design aircraft that comes to market, we'd like to be the one to help distribute that and commercialize it too. 
Wow. So we, we, we will in the long run have a range of products. Yeah, it makes me think of some of the sort of uh, the big displays we saw where you had things like the solar powered plane that made the journey around the world. And you realize, all right, well, this is not to show some sort of practical use for a, an aircraft. This is not an aircraft that's going to take you, uh, you know, from one city to another. But what it does start to show is potential for various technologies to be incorporated in real world applications. And it's exciting to talk to someone at a company where you're actually kind of doing that, where you're using this upgrade approach. And I love creating that incentive as well. The upgrade incentive where, you know, for a similar price, you can swap out the powertrain for your aircraft. And you know that you're going to be incurring lower costs down the line. Uh, One of the things that I think is really interesting is in the auto manufacturing space, we've heard time and again from manufacturers that changing from internal combustion engine vehicles to electric vehicles ends up simplifying things a great deal, both on the manufacturing and fabrication side and uh, in the maintenance side, because the systems themselves are inherently less complex than you, your your traditional fuel-powered engines are. So is the same thing true with aircraft? Yeah, absolutely. So so think about, you know, electric motors are much simpler. What we're doing is designing and, and assembling electric powertrains, which are a combination of motors, battery packs, a layer of control software you wrap around them. In the case of the hybrid, you're also adding a smaller, more efficient combustion motor that helps charge the battery. Mm-hmm. And given that there's also a real software layer that wraps around this and then integrates into the aircraft, the A, the hardware is all cheaper to maintain than the existing combustion engine, and, and B, the, the ability to continuously evolve and upgrade the powertrain, similar to what you've seen with electric cars or other kinds of systems where where an operator that you know takes an electrified powertrain from us will have they'll have that one-time fee to install it. There'll be an ongoing relationship with them, which is not just about basic maintenance, it's also about constant aircraft health monitoring, predictive maintenance, upgrading kind of as batteries get to next generations and evolve, like the product will continue to evolve. So you may see an electric aircraft with a fully electric aircraft with an initial initial range of a hundred miles that it, you know can get upgraded to go two hundred miles at some point in the future. Yeah. It it blows my mind too because I'm from I'm old enough where the idea of something like the equivalent of a firmware upgrade to a vehicle is a completely foreign concept to me because I think back to my childhood and the computerized systems in vehicles were very primitive and very limited. You're talking about a bunch of microcontrollers mm-hmm. that don't even really talk to each other. And now we're in a, a world where we have a lot more interconnected systems where because we have that capability, it opens up opportunities that we can't even necessarily conceptualize right now, right? It may be that three years down the line where we realize, oh, we can leverage this because we've built it into the vehicle to deliver some new features that end up being huge improvement of quality of life or much more effective for the the, the maintenance and care of aircraft or the operation of those aircraft. To me, that's another really exciting thing about this approach. And of course, that doesn't necessarily just limit itself to electrified vehicles, but it's it's kind of in line with that too, where we're talking about this, you know, integrated package where it's not just mm-hmm. the drivetrain, it's it's the the entire system, the control system and everything that's wrapped around it, the software that enables everything as well. 
and I had read up on an interesting thing about electric planes, because if you've ever ridden an electric vehicle, you know that they operate at a much quieter uh, noise level than an internal combustion engine vehicle. The interesting thing with electric planes is that they do operate more quietly than your, your typical fuel-driven aircraft, but propellers, you know, turboprops make noise. Uh, and if you're in an aircraft that's being uh, powered by a, a fueled engine, chances are the engine noises are actually drowning out anything from the propellers. You're not hearing them unless you're maybe sitting up there with a pilot. But in electric planes, there's less to mask that. So I'm curious, uh, what are you looking into as far as ways to mitigate propeller noise in order to make sure you're not impacting the passenger experience too much? So in the world of building an aircraft, there's the airframe manufacturer and there's the powertrain, mm -hmm. which unlike cars, those were actually separated a long time ago, which is why our business model is so viable to be in the powertrain space. Mm -hmm. I would say the airframe manufacturers are actually doing a lot of um, interesting things like you know, adding blades to propellers, curved propellers, things like that to, to mitigate noise. Uh, I'm not sure if the propeller noise gets louder, if the if the engine noise gets softer. I, I get the relative comparison. Of, right. Uh, I'm not sure there's been enough electric planes flown around to kind of prove that out. So yeah. uh, reserve judgment on that. But certainly there are enhancements being made on with propellers to make them quieter. And certainly the goal of electrified aircraft, we're not suggesting that an electrified aircraft will be silent, mm -hmm. but certainly the goals sure. are to reduce noise levels. Because to your point, you know, there's all of these airports that can be accessed. And reducing noise levels to be able to get in and out of ones in more crowded residential areas would be an extremely helpful thing. Right, right. Because we're also hearing on like the crazy ultra luxe side of aircraft, all these companies that are struggling or trying to become hypersonic aircraft companies. And they're trying to suggest, oh, well, we're designing aircraft that's going to minimize or even eliminate uh, sonic booms. I'm not a physicist, but I have a real hard time believing that based upon how air works. But <laughs> but I hear about that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, finding ways to minimize noise so that you are not a nuisance to the community. I mean, especially if we're looking at utilizing these various airports, these regional airports at a, at a higher rate, then it stands to reason that you, if you want to do good business, you have to take that into consideration as well. And everything about our model, we talk about wanting to sustainably connect the world's communities. Like mm -hmm. the idea is how do we create value in a community? We, we would like to create more jobs in that community. We'd like to have people who live there be able to move around quicker, faster, cheaper, ideally quieter yeah. as well, and not sit in traffic for four hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it opens up opportunities that otherwise just are very difficult to realize because just because the physical realities of getting around in the world and that you know, we have to come to the conclusion that there are certain things that are just more effective to do in person. Podcasts arguably are one of them. But uh, but yeah, and, and having those opportunities to do that without having to dedicate half a day of travel to get there or to navigate through a busy airport, especially if you're talking about the ability to get to a regional airport that might be closer to your final destination, as opposed to flying into a major city and then having to drive another three hours to get to wherever you're, you're, you're headed. I can really see the value proposition there. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about surf air mobility. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. 
Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So what are we looking at as far as timelines go? How are you, you know, what's what's your your plan? Like, where are you looking at, at where people might realistically expect to start seeing surf air uh, service start popping up in places uh, beyond, you know, obviously you've been operating in California for years, but beyond there. Yeah. So, you know, as part of, um, so we recently acquired a company called Southern Airways mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, you know, we have operations in Hawaii. We have operations in California. We actually operate in various routes around the country uh, where we fly through a pro- under a program called the Essential Air Service Program, flying to communities that don't have much air service. Mm. Um and we have recently built out an on-demand, short regional kind of charter platform, more more efficient, uh, turbo, fly a turboprop versus a jet or or fly, you know, uh, and that's that's a national platform too. So you do have surf air in some form across a lot of the country. Uh, we are going to continue to scale that with combustion airplanes, always focusing on the most fuel efficient airplanes and so on as part of our mission of green aviation. 
until we start to deploy electrified airplanes, uh, which we intend to do starting the beginning of 2026. So we're going through a, a certification process now of, you know, we've already had a demonstration of the technology and we're now going through a certification process. Excellent. Yeah. And has anything surprised you along this journey? Things that you've learned that perhaps were counterintuitive or something that really delights you as you were working toward this goal? Um, I mean, I mean, how long have you got? Like, a surprise every day. <laughs> Look, I, I think one of the things that's been that, that's been great as we think about the path and the product line we're bringing out. You know, we're, we're very focused on. I think I mentioned to you that the hybrid electric is actually what we think is being designed for kind of mass adoption mm-hmm. here within the caravan community, uh, because of the idea of the hybrid electric is it's not going to it's going to not need infrastructure on the ground. It's not going to have really any range limitations uh, as, as opposed to the fully electric and so on. Uh, we are, however, going to launch the fully electric first, and that's that's a different order than we'd originally thought about. You know, when we were telling people we're building a hybrid plane, they often say, okay, great, and then, like, when will it be fully electric? Like, that's the natural kind of question that we get next. But the reality is we're building an electric powertrain which has a hybrid variant, which will be the more popular variant in the long run, but mm. it's... But we are going to start with a fully electric, which I think we're really excited about. We want to be, I think our goal would be to be the first to commercially deploy a fully electric flight. And we have a perfect use case for it in our network in Hawaii, where we have, we fly a number of short hops that the fully electric flight could be, you know, that could be a launch showcase, for example. Mm. Yeah, I've had the luxury of visiting Hawaii a few times and have taken some of those island hopper flights. I could easily see that as being the perfect use case to showcase the technology and uh, its ap- applicability. And your comments on hybrid approach makes so much sense because it didn't even occur to me that, of course, if you were to go fully electric, then yes, we have all these thousands of airports that are underused perhaps across the entire United States, but they don't necessarily have the facility to be able to recharge a plane. It's just like we are looking at the electric vehicle uh, challenges across the United States where, yeah, you got to build that electric charging infrastructure or else people could potentially end up running out of juice in the middle of nowhere. That's one of those things that's a huge worry point for a lot of consumers, right? They they don't want to adopt electric because they worry about this. And until you have the infrastructure, you can't really drive adoption of electric. But then, then you also have the flip side of that problem. If you don't drive adoption of electric, then there's very little incentive to build out the infrastructure and it becomes a chicken and egg problem. So I definitely agree with you that I think the hybrid approach is the one that ultimately makes the most sense and will be the most popular because there will be some airports where they just won't have the capacity to be able to uh, meet that electric charging demand, at least not in the short term, perhaps in the mid or long term. No, absolutely. No, we think hybrid will be a valuable product and a valuable product globally for a long time to come. Yeah. Look at the use cases of caravans there. There's cargo, there's you know passenger, there's a lot of international use cases. There's a number of Cessna caravans in Africa and Asia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where where the caravan we think the hybrid will be really valuable, where which won't need any infrastructure upgrades. Right. And it's and it's still following in that same path as we're seeing with countries around the world pushing toward electrification for land vehicles. And you're ahead of the game on that when you're pushing for it for aircraft as well. And to me, like that's that's a huge value proposition when you're coming in to talk to various countries or uh, states or regions, and you're talking about uh, the the value of going with a hybrid approach 
when you're talking about things like like climate, you're talking about the local economy, all of those things start to line up. And it's I think we're looking at a convergence of perfect uh, timing and perfect uh, environment to have this kind of a, an approach to the business. So I totally am jazzed by the the mission statement for Surf Air and the direction you're pursuing. Thank you. Yeah, I selfishly, I'm really looking forward to 2026 when I can start looking at booking a flight on one of these so I can experience it. Uh, I'm in the luxury where I could do that just to <laughs> just to try it out. But also like the idea of being able to do something to make these short hop flights uh, where otherwise I might not even consider traveling to the place, even though there might be clear benefits to traveling there. If I might need to record something with someone who's maybe 300 miles away and that's too far for me to worry about driving or for them to worry about driving. But if I had an, an option like this, then that suddenly becomes a viable possibility. And, you know, even in just my own personal case, it, it makes sense. And I think that's one of the core things that they consider in what we're doing. Like, again, unlike the shift to EV on the ground, the shift to electric in the air, it really like it, it matters to customers in a very different way as well. Of course, everyone wants to be more more green and so mm. on. But really, the, that's the, the big point here is we're actually creating a whole new market and a whole new audience and a whole new level of accessibility where because of the amount you want can reduce cost, people who could never afford to fly in small planes will one day be able to. Yeah. And, and that's the, the real consumer proposition here of regional air mobility and so on. It's like it's saying... You're actually going to take people a lot of people a lot of people up from the ground into the air because it can now be affordable for them to do so. Like they will be able to get places cheaper and faster, more efficiently. That's fantastic, and it's so exciting to talk about like the combination of regional air mobility, which is already a burgeoning kind of business area, and then the electrification on the other side. You're putting them both together. It's really innovative, and I was so excited when I was told that I'd have the opportunity to speak with you about this. Because again, like when I had first heard of Surf Air, it was when, you know, tech journalists were kind of referencing it as like almost like ride hailing, but for small aircraft uh, over in Silicon Valley, which wasn't even really accurate back then. But that's kind of the narrative that developed. But we're looking at something totally innovative and and disruptive in the best of ways when you're looking at, at giving more people that chance to take advantage of that mobility while also doing so in a way that's environmentally responsible and also making more use of this infrastructure that exists. And and it only has value if you use it. I think of it kind of like Metcalf's law with networks, right? The network is only useful. It's only valuable if you have connections to it. Well, to me, like we're looking at these, this network of, of airports across the United States and, and uh, beyond they would suddenly grow in usefulness as well when they start getting more utility, more use, uh, more people flying in and out of them. Then you start thinking about the impact on local economies. It becomes this cascading ripple effect that just gets really exciting. Yeah, it's an amazing time to be in aviation, actually. Like we think the next couple of decades are going to see the, you know, a, a real next shift. Like People call it the third revolution in aviation, where you had like the turboprop, then you had the jet engine, and now you're going to have like the small electric airplane. Yeah, it's fascinating to look at sort of the circular nature of that and how the things we learn from one era can then be applied to the next one along with innovations in other areas. I can't wait 
to see where Surf Air goes from here. I'm really excited to see how your journey continues and uh, very excited to book that flight in 2026. I'm just going to put that on my calendar uh, and check back in to see if that's a possibility because uh, I got places to go, Sudan. Well, look, like I said, there's a number of flights you can even book with small planes and combustion <laughs> engines on the way there. I definitely want to do that. I have never done that. I've never flown on a small aircraft, and I've always thought that that would be really interesting. So I'll, I'll have to look into that anyway, because I really feel like I need to experience it myself to get a full idea of what that's like. I've watched videos from past years when we were looking more at Surf Air as uh, sort of the uh, catering to executive travel. And mm-hmm. looking at those videos, I thought, wow, what an incredible team y'all have over there in your company. And the experience was such a a, a cultivated one. Clearly, that's a very different thing than what we're talking about with uh, regional air mobility. But it had me excited just from seeing that because it's 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 so far flung from the experience I think most people have when it comes to air travel right now, where they're talking about getting on a big plane and your seats are crammed as close as possible to fit as many passengers as possible. And you feel like you have no personal space and uh, it's just a very different experience. And uh, yeah, I definitely would like to have the alternative to that. (laughs) Well, we look forward to having you on board. Thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jonathan. That was fantastic. Thank you. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.